0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, May 20th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, chapter five, and we're at page 63, the last paragraph. Today's readers are Nancy H, Sharon H, and Sally A. The reference number for Thursday, May 19th is 8753, that's 8753. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. carry its Message to the Compulsive Overeater Who Still Suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Phoebe B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning.
1: This is Phoebe B., Compulsive Overeater from Vermont, 12 Steps. One, we admit, admitted we were powerless over food, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these
0: principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Phoebe. I will now ask Lisa B. to read the 12 Traditions.
1: Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon only unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: And I pass. Thank you, Lisa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we we resume our study of the Big Book Chapter 5 on page 63, the last paragraph. I will ask Nancy H. to begin reading.
2: Good morning, Katie. This is Nancy H from Massachusetts, a recovered, newly recovered compulsive overreader. Thank you for your service today. Um, here, I'm told before, well, actually, before embarking on this course of action that they're going to give us instructions on, which is step four. I had to um, understand certain key points. Nancy, Nancy,
0: yeah? you need to read the paragraph.
2: Oh, th- I'm sorry. I will do that right now. Next, Thank we you. launch. A- Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Well, good morning again. This is a... Um Powerful paragraph for me. I'm sorry I did forget to read. I was so anxious to share how much it meant to me. <laughs> um, so before embarking on this course of action, I had to understand certain key points. Um, the conclusion steps, steps one, two, three, were the ones that made me uh, get into the proper mode to do this. This step four. In step one, I it required surrendering the control of food and self to a higher power. And then in step two, it tells me that. I had to quit playing God and believe that a higher power could restore me to sanity. And step three, um, well, as indicated on page 60 in the big book here, um, it said we could not live by self-propulsion. So I had to believe that this power was going to supply my unlimited energy. And the idea was uh, to you know, quit playing God like the actor in the show who wanted to run the whole show and just give in. So um, uh, the idea for me was, well, first of all, I took my third step um, on my knees in front of my group, which was a very humbling experience, And but it was vital to my commitment. It made me remember my commitment that I was going to go on with steps four through nine. So now it says here I need to launch out, which to me I think of a rocket being launched at full speed I don't just take my time, but I launch out on this forceful course of action. And the first step is the fourth step, the first step in that, launch, in that course of action. And um, it says that my, my uh, permanent effect of the third step will not have a lasting effect. It will be short-lived unless I decide to continue. So this personal house cleaning was so vital um, because my perception was off. And the core issue was a spiritual malady that was blocking my connection with God. So I had to get down to the – I keep thinking of the analogy um, that I have a virus and that that virus needs some some kind of antibiotics. And the virus is the spiritual malady, and the uh, antibiotics are the steps, steps four through nine. So I have to keep remembering um, that I – the basic thing is I'm being cut off from the sunlight of the spirit and those things that were useful to me I had to get rid of those those rotten apples in the barrel so that I wouldn't rot the rest of me and those um things used to be um a vital you know importance to me when I was trying to protect myself in my childhood but they kind of outlived their usefulness so in order to get the higher power to do his work in me I had to let go of my old ideas and um I saw how um what caused me to be in conflict with other people all the time it was very very awakening to me so I'm grateful that I didn't procrastinate on getting step 4 after taking the third once after um doing the conclusion steps it seemed to be that God gave me the courage one step at a time to make my my recovery um make me persistent in my recovery and so I'm grateful to my higher power and to all the visionaries who are helping along the journey And I really believe that this works. And for me, I'm going to, you know, I'm on step 12 now, trying to learn how to sponsor people and making sure that, you know, I have the facts that I've learned in proper order. So for today, I think I'll pass. Thank you. Uh Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Charles H. Katie G.
3: Reba Okay, hold
0: on. Okay, Charles H. Katie G. Larry Reedin Sally Sally A T R Tina S Monica Nessa R Nessa R Monica T Anybody else that I missed Okay we'll go with those 8 We have Charles H followed by Katie G
4: Thank you very much for your service, Charles H. To recover bobby just for today. Um, next, we launched out on the course of vig- vigorous action. Um, so, you know, my thing is, I launched out the bench, so I need to launch out on um, this program of action on a daily basis. I have come to that conclusion. So, my job this morning is to encourage anyone out on the line that is on the fence to get up off that fence, um, because there's no middle of the road uh, solution. So um there is several references in, in in the big book that supports this statement. Um so doctors opinion, Bill W many years ago one of our leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital and while here he put into practical application at once um Bill's story, um, Eddie, uh, page nine, they had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months, and the results were self-evident. It worked. Um, a vision for you, the name of this meeting, Dr. Bob. Um, one morning, I took the bulls by the horn, and the very next paragraph, you know, he did all the steps in one well, one day. At midnight, he was exhausted. I don't need any more Indications of um of I thought it was crazy. What? You went through the steps in two weeks, you went through this crazy. Like you missed something. Them people didn't miss nothing because they're doing it on a daily basis. So um I love how uh there's a solution. I'm gonna end up because I know it's gonna be a lot of great cheers here. I love how the illustration and there's a solution that says, um, you know, we feel sorry for somebody that has cancer. Well, the compulsive overeater, and and, and and I, you know, a lot. Of, I lost a lot of people to cancer in my family as well. I have cancer. When it comes, if I if I illustrate and I analogize this with my disease, and if I have cancer, a stage four cancer, um, with my illness, I, I I need to take my medication quick, and my medication is this program of action. With that I've you.
0: Thank you, Charles, and Katie G, you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Hi, Katie, can you hear me? I can.
5: Awesome, just wanted to make sure. Hey guys, Katie G, Recovered Compulsible Reader and bulimic just for today. Um, Hear a lot of crazy talk about uh, um, being afraid to take the fourth step. And the most reassuring thing I ever heard was guess what guys there's nothing on your fourth step that you don't already know and as you know my counterparts here are going to tell you and and hone in like we have to do it right away next is a very clear time frame and they're not telling me to go in and do what i like to do um, in my closet just straighten things out vigorous means forcefully energetically i gotta go in there and look at every dark cranny because guess what guys the food is down god willing thank you god right the exercise addiction the bulimia all that stuff is entire abstinence for me and it has to be down because then i can get down to what the causes and the conditions what does that mean that means we are going to learn the amazing nature of self-centered fear as it has manifested. This is not a confession of all the dirty, nasty things that I've done. It is, but even deeper is the dirty, nasty things that I think and the dirty, nasty things that perpetuated me to take those actions. And the things that we get to learn, because I'm someone who goes through this steps all the time, you know, I'm doing it again right now in a particular area of my life. And what I'm seeing is at age 37, I am still holding my mother accountable for behaviors that happened when I was growing up. And guess what, guys? Growing up ain't easy in America or wherever you are with parents that are human beings and have a pulse right? And I developed some pretty bad strategies. But I, at age 37, don't get to punish her for things that she did years ago. And guess what, guys? There are deeper meanings of causes and conditions. I looked up the word manipulation yesterday, and I learned an even deeper way that I, at my core, have self-centered fear and am a true manipulator. So this to me, you know like when you have a really bad wound, right? I know we're all good with analogies, but so if you got to go down all the way to the center and get the pus and the blue stuff and the smelly stuff to really clean it out cuz if you don't and you seal it back up, what's going to happen? You have an a, a um infection. So I'm going to do it with you guys one more day, vigorously and honestly, God willing, we'll walk shoulder
0: to shoulder, and with that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Larry Kay, you're up.
6: Good morning, Katie. Katie, it's uh, it's Larry Kay, uh Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Um, So, uh, wow, 37 sounds young to me (laughs) at my age. Um, Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once, followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of uh, the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. So step four is a moral inventory. And and so here's the rub, here's, here's the caveat. It's not enough for me to simply make a decision I have to kind of pivot from that, this, from a passive decision to an active decision. And, and what's the difference for me? Well, it's enormous. Um, here, here's an example. A, a passive decision is like, you know, my commitment to participate in listening on the vision call each morning. You know, and I don't want to confuse that with an active decision, which would be to apply what I've learned from the big book in my life when, when that, this passive hour is up. So listening on the line is great. I'm, I'm a big fan. I hear some tremendous things. Sometimes I write some stuff down. Other times I'm inspired by what you say. You know, it's terrific. Yet none of that, none of that passive learning is going to result in having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So I can get on the vision line every day and still not see. I have no vision. <laughs> you know, And as we approach this, this personal house cleaning in step 4 you know know this it's going to take courage and effort to set aside my judgment and my expectation you know we we have to uncover and more importantly we have to face the stuff that's been blocking us from our higher power things like self righteousness blame fear resentment all these things and going through the emotions is another half measure that for me will not result in the necessary change. There's, there, there was absolutely no refuge in the darkness of my wrongdoing. Not knowing, you know, as I, was do, as I was continuing to live my life a certain way, it was dark. You know, and there wasn't refuge in that. There had to be some illumination. That's what this step does for us. Step four is about illumination. Um, before the change, I had to allow the sunlight of the spirit to shine in. You know, if you if you if you if you shine a light in a dark area, the rats scatter. They scatter, you know. And that's what this 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 house cleaning was for me. They don't scatter if I'm just going to go through the motions, check off a box. This is not about checking off a box. This is about illumination and gaining clarity about myself and being open to a change. The whole program is about change. And if it's not, you're just gonna get on this line and listen, and believe me, I say that not from judgments, because that's what I did. I went to meetings and I just listened, Um, and I never did anything. With that, I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry Kay. and Reva P., you're up.
3: Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This paragraph reminds me that there is a big difference between a resolution and a decision. Because before program, I wanted to do so many things. I had such great ideas, um, such lofty ideals. And I would start something, and after the first class or the first lesson... I don't know, life got in the way, I was too busy, I was too busy, you know, binging, um, and I never could stick with it. So making a resolution, I'm never going to do this anymore, and having all the emotion that goes with it, um, was never what helped me in this program. Because if I want the things written on the top of page 63, where a power greater than myself is providing what I need, and I'm contributing to life, Um, I have to do more than just make a decision. I have to actually do some work. Um, And I think step four is the beginning of this vigorous action, action, action. Like, let's just do it now. Um, And... It's just so simple. Just do one step after the next step after the next step. Um, The other thing it reminds me is if I want to get to a goal, like if I'm on a trip and I'm driving somewhere and I want to get there, if there are all these rocks on the road, then no matter how much I want to get there, I can't get there because the rocks are blocking me. So for me, step four is like getting rid of the blocks on the road and you know what? I don't have to be the one to lift them. I just do certain things, I get certain instructions, and then they are lifted for me and I have access to the destination that I'm heading for. The other thing this paragraph reminded me is, you know, these steps four to nine where I um, uncover what the blocks are and have God remove them, it's not a one-shot deal, um, and thank God this is not a one-shot deal because I wouldn't still be here. But I did um, a step 10 turnaround, which is basically a repetition of four through nine on something um, I was challenged with. And, you know, two days later, I'm feeling like, oh, I don't know that I want to really continue with this. So it's, it's a daily thing because I can even make the decision, I can take the action, and every day is just a daily reprieve. Um, and. I just have lots of blocks because I get in the way. Um, So I'm so grateful. We have a very simple set of instructions. This is what I do if I want to get to the goal of a happy, joyous, and free life. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva. And next is Sally A., followed by Tina.
7: Thank you. Thank you for your service to all of us this morning. It's Sally A. in South Jersey. and. Here we have a super important paragraph, and this is step four, and this is the stuff I was eating over most of my life. This is what I'm going to uncover, the things I was eating over. And when it says these key words, next we launched, it's like a ship is about to go out. Launched, a key word, like a ship. We launched, vigorous action. On the top of page 64 it says, unless at once followed by a strenuous effort. So whenever I see those words, I think of a, a group in a, in a crew boat, a group of people, pull, pull, pull. And that's what we do. We're setting a pace. It's a very important thing to set this pace. And the other thing that this paragraph speaks to me is that What we're uncovering here in step four, these are the marbles that have been rolling around that have been torturing me in my thinking. And a very important thing to note here is that over and over in the book, a number of times, page 84 at the bottom of the page, page 98 at the bottom of the page, my favorite one is page 103. It tells us, after all, I'm on page 103, bottom of the page, after all, our problems were of our own making. This is the stuff I was eating over. It was the stuff I created. Bottles, food, the binges were were only a symbol of the problem, a symptom. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. You see, this is the thing I've learned in these last few years of being recovered. I cannot afford to argue with people. I cannot afford to have little fights, little spats with people. Because these little arguments, these little spats, these are the making of the marbles. These are the making of my 10-step work, my, my fourth-step work, if you will, as Riva just explained. So the most important thing for you to know about this paragraph, from my perspective, is it's important to set a pace. Beginning is half done. Whenever I had to do a 40-page term paper in school, beginning, just get started. Just get started. Beginning is half finished. That's what you need to know. And then set a pace. And then understand what you're writing down are the marbles that have been tripping you. These are the reasons that you've been binging for so long. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Sally. And Tina, you're up, followed by Nessa R.
8: Thanks, Katie, Tina S, compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, you know, I have a passion for the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's what I hear this morning, and it's truly, truly uh, uh, a gift. You know, I can remember when I first took this step, uh, a sponsor, like, being, uh, staying forever on this this little paragraph, and the word next, I was like, what is such a big deal about this? And today I get that, but I didn't initially, you know. And next is immediately You know, right here, right now, immediately after I make this decision, you know, we launched, you know, took off in the path of direction and action, you know, personal house cleaning, internal stuff. Let's get rid of this garbage, you know, because this is what's blocking me from the solution. You know, I make that decision, which is a resolution, you know, and it's vital, absolutely necessary pertaining to life. You know, I do this so that I can continue to live. You know, and, and one of the things that, you know, really helps me is that it says here because it, it could have little permanent effect, you know, um, lifelong effect, unless that I do this, unless I do the work, you know, face and be rid of, you know, continue on, you know, I write this stuff down, I share this stuff, you know, I, I become entirely ready for God to remove these defects of character to get rid of the stuff that. Blocking me from him, you know, and 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 I also know that the, the solution it gives me the solution today to my to my dilemma, which is lack of power, you know, and it gets me closer to the power, you know, because the symptoms that that are just whatever it is that I put in front of God today, those are my symptoms, and I got more than one. You know, compulsive eating, isn't just the only one, you know. I've got a lot of symptoms, but you know, the good news. One day at a time, and I already heard it, you know, the good news today is I got a shot when I get up, and I, I personally, I have to keep me sober, abstinent, sane. and I know that when I do, he does. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
7: Thank
0: you, Tina. Nessa R., you're up, and followed by uh, Monica T.
7: Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, so I listen to these uh, Joe and Charlie tapes over and over. I finish and I start them again. Um, a great way to spend idle time in the car. And every time I hear something new that I didn't hear the previous times, and uh, something that I heard just this recent time is that step one shows us where we are in powerlessness and unmanageability. Step two shows us where we want to go Uh, to power and sanity, step three shows us how to get there, what we need to do to get there. And then step four is the first step in actually doing the work to get there. And much has been said about the importance of um, undertaking step four as quickly as possible after step three. You know, um, we don't linger in step three for two years or two months or two weeks. You know, um, we just go right to it. Um, but just as important is to get step four done quickly. You know, people think that step four is complicated and difficult and, you know, scary. But if we follow the directions of the big book, it is neither of those things. It's, not, it's actually quite simple. It shouldn't take a long time, no more than two, two weeks, three weeks max. Uh, You know, it's just a chart that we have to uh, fill out, basically, Um, and I, you know, I say this from personal experience because uh, when my sponsor was taking me to the steps, I was lingering through step four, and she kept rushing me, you know, you're going to pick up if you don't, you're going to pick up if you don't hurry, and I didn't listen, and I was taking months, and I picked up, and so we had to go back to step one. And on the second go-around, the exact same thing happened. Like, I just kept doing the same thing. And she kept warning me, please hurry up because you're going to pick up. And needless to say, that's exactly what happened. Um, and uh, third time around, <laughs> thank God I got smarter. And I did it very quickly. And so I learned from that ex- that experience, and I passed on that experience to my teeth because I don't want them to go through what I, what I went through. So it's not... Um Something that used to take years or even months is just very very quickly, and so it's important that we undertake it as soon as we take the three swiftly vigorously with enthusiasm you know alacrity, all those um you know diligent type of words, so that um we can be on a on a swift uh, uh journey to uh towards recovery and towards the sanity and the power that is our um, goals, and with that I passed. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa. Monica T., you're up.
9: Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida, so here we are in the chapter, How It Works. And they are going to be giving us explicit directions of how to do this. Now, when it was time for me to um, do step three and, and step four, my sponsor said to me, okay, I want you to show up with a notebook and a pen and your big book, and we're going to do our third step prayer together. And then she pointed out to me, she said, okay, now I want you to read this next paragraph. And she said, I want you to circle next, and I want you to write immediately following. We launched. We moved forward quickly on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning. Well, I don't know about you all, but I personally don't like house cleaning very much, you know. But, you know, life was miserable, and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she said, are you willing to change, Monica? You know, there's a solution here to this. And I said, yes, I am. I want what you have. And then she pointed, I had to read it could have little permanent effect. What could have little permanent effect? This decision that I made with step three that I would continue working through the rest of the steps. It says right there that if I don't do this, I'm not going to get anything. And um, so I didn't know what was blocking me. I didn't know. You know, all I could ever tell therapists is I've just got this big black swirling mass of I don't know stuff inside of me. And I eat. And I eat. And I thought food was the problem, but it wasn't. It was this stuff inside. Now, step four always sound you know, it sounded scary to me. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to do all this writing. Well you know what? It's simple. And my guide guided me through every single part of of the step four inventory. The directions are right here in the book. You can go ahead and read them. exactly what you're going to write about. And you know what our disease is. We don't know what's wrong with us. I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And I didn't know what I didn't know. This is not about judging, she said. This is a learning experience. God is going to give you a new set of lenses so you can see what is going on in your life, Monica. And I learned that I was very selfish and dishonest and self-seeking and had lots of fears. And it was a simple process by doing the writing and following the instructions here in the big book. And thank you, God. You know like I said I don't like house cleaning but you know what there's an awful good feeling when you sit back afterwards and look and you've got a nice clean house and today God gave me a new set of lenses and it was a learning experience it wasn't about judging myself or how bad I was I now see things differently that gave me a change I can I have a different attitude and different personality and different thoughts because of this process. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Would anybody else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Renata, Leah, Alice, Lee,
5: Leia,
0: Alice, M. G. Alice M. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have, okay, okay, I have Renata. Oh, Maryland. Okay. <laughs> Kim, Kim G. <laughs> yes, I have Renata, Kim G, Leah, um leia, get melissa? I, I melissa c q o um, alice m do l did and suji were Su, was suji in there yep and suji okay was there any okay here's who i have renata kim g leia m melissa c alice I forgot. Um, Do Al, Sue, G. Anyone I missed?
10: You missed Vasa from the first round.
0: Vasa from the first round? Is Vasa yeah. here? I don't know if she. Okay. She.
10: I'm willing to defer she, to her. I'm okay, here. I'll be... well,
0: i they are okay, at the I, end. We're going to run out of time. And 1, <laughs> 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7, 21. Okay. I think, um, Vasa, if I can get you in there, I will, and I apologize for missing you from the first time. Okay, so let's go with Renata G., followed by Kim G.
11: Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered compulsory reading in New York. Uh, strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us blocking us from what, right, from the power that I need in order to recover, right, in order to be free of my compulsive overeating. And, um, you know, I was terrified of step four. I did not understand what step four was. I thought step four would be, you know, just putting on paper all the things that I did wrong and, you know, giving someone else an opportunity to really judge me and bash me and things like that. Like, I had so many fears. And um, I also used to listen to Joe and Charlie all the time. And that, you know, it was really helpful to me to understand that, you know, like the big book talks about how a life lived on self-will can hardly be a success, right? That's what we learn in step three. And so step four is simply identifying how self-will manifests in my life, you know? What are the actions I take? What are my behaviors based on self-will that are getting me in trouble, that make me feel so miserable, inadequate, and uncomfortable that then, you know, I have to go and soothe myself with huge amounts of food. And so, you know, like in a doctor's opinion, when we have to learn what are our alcoholic foods or trigger foods so we can put them down, here in step four, I need to learn what are my character defects? What are the things that are blocking me from the power that I need? What are the things that are really handicapping me in life? Because if I don't know what my my problem is, I can't seek a solution for it. And so in step four, is really just identifying what are the behaviors, the actions, the thinking that does not work, that does not come from that higher power. And so, you know, and then on the following steps, you know, ask the higher power to remove them. But at first, I need to learn what they are, because if I don't know what's wrong, I'm going to keep doing the same things over and over and over and you know, having to find relief in food or alcohol or men or whatever it is. And, um, you know, whenever my spouse sees, you know, we do the third step prayer, step four starts like immediately after. We hang up the phone, they have their paper and pen, and they start right away. I mean, I picked up on step four because I was also procrastinating, you know, I was fearful. But for me, nothing can be worse than living
0: disease, not even step four. So with that, I pass, thanks. Thank you, uh, Renata. And now we have Kim G followed by Leah M.
12: Good morning, Katie. Good morning all, my name is Kim G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect. So that's a question we can ask ourselves, do we want a permanent effect or a temporary effect? Because if we just hang out in those first three steps, my experience is it's a very temporary effect. And I'd like to bring us back to the forward to the second edition where it talks about when Bill and Bob met. And one of the lessons they learned from one alcoholic helping another alcoholic, it says on XVII, it says it also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another was vital to permanent recovery. I can have permanent recovery. You know, I think my opinion is in in 12-step fellowships in general, we have watered down the idea of one day at a time to one day at a time white-knuckling our substance. You know, we're always going to be sick. We're always going to be suffering. But one day at a time, I can beat the drugs, the alcohol, the food. The big book does not talk about one day at a time white-knuckling our food. It talks about in step 10, once we've had this spiritual awakening, what we have is a daily reprieve contingent on our spiritual condition. So let me tell you, let me, let me affirm for everyone that I know to the core of my being that I am a compulsive overeater. But I also want to assure you I do not suffer from compulsive overeating. I am not white-knuckling. I've had a spiritual awakening. I have this two-fold illness. I have an allergy to the body, and that is treated with abstinence, 100% entire abstinence. And if that was my only problem, I, I would not need to go through these steps. But I have a larger aspect, which is the mental obsession, and that is treated through the step work. And once I have that spiritual awakening, and I have sufficient to bring about this personality change, I don't want my food. I am not tortured by the food. I can go anywhere on this earth as a free woman. So my my allergy has become academic because I'm not going to want those foods. And I just want to give you an example of another thing that I'm recovered from. About five and a half years ago, I fell in a, in a snowstorm. I looked down and my foot was facing 180 degrees the wrong way. I snapped a bone in half and ripped every muscle and tendon in my ankle. And I didn't have the option of treating the muscle first. I was told, number one, I have to get that bone in surgery, repaired. But the larger aspect of my disease was all those muscles and tendons, and I was gonna have to do a lot of therapy for a good year. And my doctor told me there was a chance I may not walk again. And if, if I really do this work, I may only walk with a severe limp. And let me tell you today, if you looked at me, I don't have a limp at all. I am recovered. I do not suffer from that ankle injury. But that's only because I do the exercises that I'm supposed to. And if I overdo or underdo that, I start to feel that injury. It's the same thing with my compulsive overeating. As long as I continue to do these steps and strenuously work with others, I am recovered and I do not suffer at all from compulsive overeating, even though I know to my core I am a compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Leah M., you're up, followed by Melissa C.
13: Thank you very much, Katie. To be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom. We had to get down to causes and conditions. Um, You know, what we have to do now is to be rid of those things in ourselves which have been blocking us from our higher power. I, n- I never got this message when, in my early uh, first five years in OA. But once this text was brought to life, the goal, the aim, the objective was described to me. What I had to do was to be rid of those things in myself which had been blocking me from my higher power. And when I got rid of the things that blocked me from my higher power, I was going to find that my higher power was going to enter my life. So the task was to get rid of those blocks. So step four was the first action step that began the process of unblocking. It's not the entire process. The entire process is steps four through nine, but it's the first action step. And, you know, the way it was taught to me was a way that was really very simple from this big book. Very simple, very fast, much simpler and faster than the other step four methods that had been uh, presented to me earlier. Because the text teaches me that to get over compulsive overeating was going to require a transformation of thought and attitude. So, How to take a look. What are those thoughts? What are those attitudes? You know, the big book uh, stated in, in step three, you know, that we're convinced that self manifested in various ways. And those ways was what had defeated me. So what were those ways? Because, you know, when I was binging my brains out, I was, I was numb. Under the heavy anesthetic of compulsive overeating, there was numbness. I was medicated. Compulsive overeating was a desperate attempt to alleviate the pain that I felt from living, from life. And so compulsive overeating did a great job of cutting me off um, from reality of life itself. So here in step four, I'm no longer a slave to food. The food is down, yet enslavement still threatens me, right? So, you know, the big book we had read, you know, uh, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. So that's exactly what step four allows me to take a look at. And every day we procrastinate and put off step four, it's another day where restless irritable and discontent it's another day we're filled with resentment and fear and shame and remorse and another day we don't feel good and our mind can only take feeling bad for just so long and then it's going to start seeking relief and thinking about the sense of ease and comfort we get when we take a few bites so so there is a sense of urgency here urgency here tick tock tick tock tick tock tick tock you know the bomb's going to blow soon and freedom is not free and how free do you want to be that's the question at this point point. and with that i pass thank
0: you Leia m melissa c you're up alice has passed and so it'll be due l after melissa c
14: Hi, good morning. It's Melissa a Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I'm laughing because I remember, like, the first time um, I was given the big book, and I was flipping through it, like, madly on a quest to find where the diet was in there because I didn't see any diet. And um,
6: and I remember
14: uh, getting to the fourth step area where there was a chart, you know, and, and I got excited for a second until I really examined it. I thought the chart was going to lay out foods for me. And um, and then I saw, you know, oh, no, that's not what, what was here. Um, and that was, you know, my first experience with the book, which I promptly shut it and um, went out and did my own thing for a while. Um, you know, and there's no accident that I suffered because for what ails me, I don't need a diet, you know. Um, I need, yeah, I need a food plan, but a diet is not, solving my issue. Um, I needed a total uh cleaning out and I was, you know, smiling earlier when Monica said how she hates cleaning because that is me. I hate to clean. You know, and so I'm like really well skilled at um making things look good, you know, so companies coming and I can quickly um make it look good. And that's really been my life, you know, trying in vain to make it look good, um, ignoring the real issues and you know, it's no accident that I was I was binging, you know, and I could not stop myself from eating because, you know, what was underneath the surface really needed to be cleaned out. Um, and I didn't want to do it. You know, that's the truth here. I did not want to do it. I wanted to hang on to being right. I wanted to hang on to being the victim, live in my denial, and give me a diet. But I couldn't live like that. And so... You know, I think it's it's really important where the fourth step comes. It comes after the first where you're completely desperate. It comes after the second where you're given some hope that something can relieve you. And it's given right after the third where you say, you know what, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust. I don't know what's best. I'm going to put my hands, you know, up and, and follow. And so when I embarked on my fourth step, every time I got nervous and afraid and I don't really want to do this, I, I kept you know, repeating my third step plan, my third step commitment. It's no longer my way. I'm fired from management. If I'm told this is the way I have to do it to get well, then this is the way I'm going to do it. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa. Now, do L, followed by Sue G. Good morning. This is do
15: L, uh, recover compulsive overreader from New York. Thank you very much, Katie, for your service. Um, here it says, next we launched out on a vigorous course of action, which is the first step in house cleaning, which many of us never attempted. And, um, you know, these this paragraph has been beautifully covered, but what I see here is that, you know, when I'm in the food, I don't care for personal house cleaning. I don't care to look at my character defects. I don't care to look at what's blocking me, right? Um, uh, but the steps are outlined in a way where I come to conclusions, right. My disease is the greatest motivator to effectuate change because my disease will beat me into a state of reasonableness. I did not come here willingly. <laughs> I came here with cat marks, cat claws all over all over the furniture, okay I left them all over the furniture. why because I did not want to be here. I did not want to do this. But the disease soon beat me into a state of reasonableness. You know, I had to admit that my way was not working anymore, that I needed something greater than me to help me to get over my compulsive eating, to get over the things that were eating up inside of me. And here it says, Though we made a decision, and the decision is, do I continue, do I surrender to this power greater than myself, do I do these things? You know, it says it could have little permanent effect unless followed by strenuous effort to face and rid of the things which were blocking us. And what's blocking us? Um, What's blocking me? My disconnect with God. You know, that's what's blocking me. The food brought me to that disconnect with God. But was that...
6: My cause
15: that was that my condition um, it says no, you know um, liquor was but a symptom, you know it's just a mass, and when I think about this uh, last paragraph, this last sentence where it says, "So we have to get down to the causes and conditions, I think about a virus, right A virus is the true nature of my disease, right. But it manifests in symptoms and in causes. What's the symptoms? I'm aching, I'm fever, I'm, I'm, I'm having, um, pains and aches, right? I have watery nose, uh, uh, watery eyes, right? So I have sneezing, coughing. Those are symptoms. Those are not the cause. The cause is that I have a virus that I need to get treated. You know, once I address the cause, which is, you know, the symptoms that are, I mean, the symptoms are just superficial, but the cause is the virus. Once I address the virus, then I can recover, you know, and that's what this um, paragraph is showing me, that I need to look at those things, and, and then the next couple of paragraphs is going to show me what are my causes and my conditions. My causes is, you know, the fact that I'm in the self. My condition is that, you know, I, I get into fear and resentments. And um, and we're going to explore more about that as we go along. And with that, I pass.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Duelle. And we have time for two minutes, Sue G.
10: Okay. Good morning. This is Sue G. from Michigan. And I'll try to make it two minutes. I don't have a timer, so I'm at your mercy. Um, it says next we launch. So I thought, okay, next. That means something came before it. And, of course, that was the third step prayer, God, I offer myself to be. And I'm in step 12, so I immediately thought of what I had just written. It says, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well, regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. And I think part of my cleaning house was also step nine, was doing my amends. That was cleaning house, too. It was taking care of my side of the street. I was sweeping my side of the street. Um,
0: but, you know, if we, if we think that
10: we can wait around a month or two before we start our fourth step inventory, what's going to happen is, is most likely we're, our food's going to slip. And, um, my sponsor made sure I had my sheets and everything and was all ready to go. And I was looking at them just, no, 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 don't don't look at them yet. Just, I want to make sure you've got them so we can go right into step four. And um, I remember I didn't take a long time in step four. Uh, I didn't have as many resentments and fears and uh, harmful things. Done. I didn't have as much to put in because I had just done a fourth step about three months before that with someone else. And But still, I jumped right in it. And um, so, you know, we've got to get rid of those things. I love the analogy of rocks in the road um, because they, they are blocking us and our character defects are blocking us, which all come out as step four. So I will keep it very short, and with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Sue G. And I'm sorry, Vasa, we didn't get to you. Um, But uh, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Sharon H., are you available to read that, please?
16: Yes, Katie, I'm available. I'm here. Thank you.